Thanks for checking out the Christian Life Austin podcast. If this is your first time listening, make sure to check us out at clcaustin.com for more info on how you can connect with us. We trust that you will enjoy today's message. Thank you for listening. Out of PMA, you just run out of it, positive mental attitude. You've got to have something more than just a positive mental attitude. Abraham was 100 years old. His wife was 90. He said he was just, uh, he was almost dead. He was almost dead. And he knew that just thinking it, you know, and faking it till you make it wasn't going to work. He needed something more than just a positive mental attitude. So he said, God, I need a little help here. And God gave him the faith that it took to produce an Isaac, to produce a nation. It's amazing to me that Abraham married a wife who was barren. Isaac married a wife who was barren. Jacob married a wife who was barren. Isn't it amazing that the men of faith that we call the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob all had barren wives because God wanted them to know it's not what you think, it's what you think about me that matters. It's what you think about me that matters because I'm the producer, I'm the provider, and God still does the provision. Amen? So... For many years, men dominated the world of humor, <clears throat> but today women are making their mark. I love the one-liners from various famous women. Dolly Parton said, I'm not offended by all the dumb blonde jokes because I know I'm not dumb, but I also know I'm not blonde. <laughs> Irma Bombeck said, I love Irma. She's dead and gone, but I love her. She said, never lend your car to anyone to whom you have given birth. Roseanne Barr said, Roseanne Barr said, I'm not going to vacuum my house until Sears makes a vacuum you can ride on. (laughs) Liz Winstead said, I think, therefore, I'm single. (laughs) Elaine Boozler said, when women are depressed, they either go eat or go shopping. When men are depressed, they invade another country. (laughs) I'm making points for you, ladies. I need a little help. Marion Pearson said, behind every successful man is a surprised woman. (laughs) And the great Iron Lady, Margaret Thatcher, said, in politics, if you want anything said, ask a man. If you want anything done, ask a woman. (laughs) I knew that. I knew you was going to like that. Gloria Steinem said, I have yet to hear a man ask for advice on how to combine marriage and a career. And this is my favorite. Zsa Zsa Gabor said, I'm a marvelous housekeeper. Every time I leave a man, I keep his house. (laughs) Don't put my title up yet. I admire Winston Churchill. I admire him. I wished I could have known him personally. People in history like this are marvels to me. He stood the test of time in World War II when it looked as if England had become Germany's toast. But with a bulldog tenacity, really, he single-handedly led Britain to the heights of victory. And with strength and leadership, he declared this one day, we will fight our enemy on the land. We will fight our enemy on the sea. We will never quit. We will fight till the last drop of red blood flows from our lives. We will never surrender. Of the many true and apocryphal stories about Winston Churchill comes a report of a singular commencement address that he gave one day at his own home college. After enduring this lengthy introduction that people just couldn't put enough accolades on him, Churchill is reported to have risen from his seat, strode to the podium, and stared fixedly at the audience of new graduates. And he said three words, never give up. 
He said it. When he got through saying it, he walked back to his chair and sat down. As the stunned students momentarily sat in silence, Churchill, with perfect timing, once again rose from his chair, returned to the podium, and announced again, never give up. Now terrified that they might respond improperly, the audience never uttered a squeak as their speaker once again returned to his seat. And sure enough, Churchill returned to the podium again and again and yet again five times. And each time delivering his single-minded message, never give up. You've heard it. It's not a story you don't know. At last, feeling he had exhausted his audience and driven home the point, Churchill himself gave up and returned to the podium no more. The audience and the graduates never forgot those words. Never. And England has never forgot those words. And this preacher has never forgot those words. And this church must never forget that we have received the same message, but from a more powerful source. God has promised, hear me, to never give up on us. If somebody has told you that if you keep sinning, God's just going to walk away from you, he's not preaching the right message. Because God said, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be here. We are living in a dispensation of grace, and grace is an awesome thing to have in our lives. And sometimes people slap grace and walk away from grace and say no to grace. But the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. But not only has God promised that to us, he has also provided proof in his word that never fails. Both in the Old and the New Testament. Together are records of how God, hear me now, never, 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 never gives up. Five of them. The number of grace. Not only does he not give up, he told the Hebrews in 13 and 5, I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. In fact, in the original Greek, if you look at that, he is saying never five times. I will never, 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 never leave you. I'll never, 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 never forsake you. Pastor, you're driving me crazy with these nevers. That's what God wants to do. He wants to drive you crazy with the fact that when you fall, he's going to be there. When you're sick, he's still your healer. When you're lost, he's still your savior. When you're bound, he's still your deliverer. He will never, 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 never leave us and never forsake us. I want to preach a little bit today. Adam and Eve disobeyed the very first rule, but God never gave up. Abraham wondered and Sarah laughed, but God never gave up. Lot sinned with his own daughters, but God never gave up. Moses hid when he murdered a man and shook with fear, but God never gave up. King Saul in the Old Testament went insane, but God never gave up. David plotted against Uriah after sinning with his wife, but God never gave up. King Ahaz sold out to Assyria, but God never gave up. Israel fell into pieces, but God never gave up. The Jewish people became exiles, but God never gave up. John the Baptist was beheaded, but God never gave up. Peter denied he ever knew him, but God never gave up. The disciples ran away from him, but God never gave up. In fact, this is God's hallmark card to the church. I am God who never gives up on my children, signed God. I want you to clap your hands for that. That's good stuff. 
Somebody said, God has given up on me. No, he hasn't. You've given up on yourself. Let's talk about this God. To never give up, folks, doesn't mean the same thing as to never suffer defeat. Many people in the house suffer defeat week to week. And they suffer pain in their bodies week to week. And they suffer home problems week to week. And they suffer problems on their job week to week. But losing and being defeated in life is not the same as never giving up. You ever feel like Jeremiah, he said in 25 and 3, for 23 years, he said, I have spoken persistently to you and you have not listened. I love Tom Wilson. He writes the cartoon Ziggy and, and Ziggy's looking unusually sad and deflated. And he says this, I went to the school of hard knocks and right now I'm doing postgraduate work. There are some people that feel like that life is just hard knocks. Some of you, like Jeremiah, have been at it for 23 years, finding more defeats than victories and finding more pain than progress and finding more problems than pathways and suffering defeats at work and at home and in marriage and children and sickness, and you lose focus on life. But God has sent me here today, not as a big round Churchill with a cigar in my mouth, no, no, no. But God sent me here today to tell you, get up off your seat and tell those people that God never gives up on you. God will be with you. He'll be here for you. He showed up this morning. He's here in your worship. He was here in the prayer. He was here. He's here right now in the message. God is in this house right now. He's walking the aisles of this church. He's here to bless and to heal and to minister to and to prosper your life because he is God. See, it's not always easy to maintain hope in the face of down the drain situations in life. Please remember though, Jesus refused to give those questioning him the easy answer. He never would. That only the wicked suffer. While the just go through life unscathed. It rains, folks, on the just. And it rains on the unjust. And mayhem and whirlwinds may come even while you're involved in carrying on some good deed. So you can't stop the battles and you can't stop some of the defeats. But you continue to have the right attitude. And you can continue to have a fight left in you. I must not give up on life or give up on ex the existence of justice and mercy and grace because God's with me. You know the difference, folks, between a righteous man and an unrighteous man? Not the number of times they get knocked down because all of them get knocked down. The Bible said we fall. We fall. A righteous man falleth seven times and he gets up the eighth time. What he's saying is, that when a righteous man falls, he gets back up as a new beginning. Eight's the number of new beginning. He said, okay, that whipped me, but I'm back on my feet again. A sinner man, a man that's unrighteous, stays down. So I'm asking you, when things come your way, do you stay down and do you repine and do you fuss and do you argue and do you blame others? Or do you get back on your feet and you say, okay, that got me, but I'm still here. I'm still standing. God is still for me. He's not against me. I have a God in my corner. It's kind of like, it's kind of like that old sergeant that saw one little old man up on the hill. And he's going, nee, 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 boo, boo, <laughs> making fun of his army. So the sergeant said, get up there and take care of that man. I'm tired of him making fun of us. So the man went up, and didn't come back. And so after a while, he said, has Bill ever come back? He said, no, Bill hadn't made it back. So we'll go up there, two of you and take, find him and take care of that little fellow. He's still doing this, you know. <laughs> 
And so he goes up, those two guys go up, they don't come back. So he sends four, they don't come back. So he says, hey guys, I'm sending the 10 roughest men I've got. Get up there and see what's happened to those other men and bring me a report and bring that mocker back with you. So they go up there and finally one of them staggers back bloody and just about to die himself. And he said, sir, it's a trap. There's two of them. <laughs> Listen to me. What I, want, what I want everybody to understand is that this August attitude I'm preaching about is not my PMA. It's the fact that I'm plugged into a God. I'm plugged into a Savior that will never, 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 never leave me. He'll never, 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 never forsake me. But he'll go with me all the way, even to the end of the world. Can anybody get excited about that kind of God? Can anybody get happy about that kind of God? Not me, him. Not us, him. It's an awesome thing to have that kind of God in your life. See, a lot of people are giving up today. You look around America. America's got a... I, I, I hate to... I hate, I sound, it's going to sound negative, but America's got a little... It's got a little pall on it. It's got a little, 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 little paleness on it. It's, it's, like, it's like we're dehydrated. It's like we're malnourished. We're throwing in towels. We're jumping off high places. We're using weapons on ourselves. Suicide's at an all-time high. And there is a resolve of resignation that has attacked America, like giving up on life. You can't give up on life. Life is a precious gift. Giving up on love. Don't give up on love. Giving up on morality. Giving up on the mores of the world. Giving up on marriage. Giving up on the future. You hear me. I'm telling you with, without any reservation today. I'm telling you. You've got to understand that the God that we're preaching about today. This August attitude is about my trust in a God. That will do for us what we need have done for us. I'm telling you. Israel was in Goshen when all the plagues came on Egypt. You listen to me. Ruth was at the feet of Boaz when all the night fell on the land. God's going to have this church in the palm of his hand. We're not going to go through some of the stuff that the world's going to go through. You hear me. You better rely as you never have before on this Jesus Christ. Because he will not leave us. He will not forsake us. Noah and his family was inside the ark before the storm came. You hear me? God Almighty's got his hand on the church. He said, I have put you in my hand and no man can pluck you out of my hand. You've got to trust that. And if you trust that, you believe that, then you stand for that. Oh, I feel like preaching right now. So the Lord tells a story in Luke chapter 18. I want to turn this thing around now. Everybody say, God never gives up on us. Speaks of a woman that had a legal problem. Tough being a woman in the Bible days. It was tough. Women had few legal rights. and Without a husband, her plight was dire indeed. There was no welfare system. There was no social security. And precious few ways for a woman in distress to earn a living. I truly believe this is one of the Lord's favorite parables. Because I'm going I'm to share it in just a moment why I believe it is. The woman was a widow. She had a legal matter. She needed an intervention of a judge. But the judge in her district was a man who neither feared God or cared about men. Yet this broke, powerless woman, this lady kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. And the Lord called it the spirit of importunity. And when I looked up the word importunity, it means a relentless, a relentless asking. <laughs> relentless. 
Many theologians say she came over a hundred days to that judge. Now, you got got to get this. You got to get this in your head. Here, this little old woman that doesn't have any power in the world, that you could just flick her off, just say, get out of my life, get away from me. I don't even want you around. But the next morning after she went home, she had a little, she had a little Churchill in her before Churchill was ever thought of. She'd go home and said, you know, I didn't get a good answer today. So what do I need to do? Oh, I'm going to go again tomorrow. It kind of reminds me, kind of reminds me of that old, that old Baptist preacher I heard one time tell a story about he had these two bird dogs that were prized bird dogs. And, 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 and they were great hunters. And, and, and down the street, about three houses down, a man moved in that had this little old bulldog. And that bulldog got a sniff of those bird dogs. And he came down to investigate to see if they wanted to fight. <laughs> And so he dug under the fence and he got in the backyard and the pastor, this Baptist pastor that told the story, I heard him tell it. He said, I said, okay, just go ahead and take him out. Just go ahead and take him out. I knew my dogs could whip him and they did. They beat the tar out of him. They whipped him. They clipped his ear. He bled. He barked. He went under the fence and ran home. And those dogs were like high-fiving each other, you know, high-pawing each other. We whipped him. The next day, the same time, that little old dog came back, come under that fence, and here he was again, growling, wanting to fight again. And the Baptist pastor said, I just said, go get him again. And so he went and got him again. They got him again. Both of them just wore him out. He went back. He did it for 13 straight days. And on the 14th day, after being whipped 13 times, that bulldog come back under that fence again, and those bird dogs ran in the house, in through the dog porch, ran down in the basement, and when he got down there, said, they're just shivering. It was like they said, look, we have whipped him 13 days in a row. We have beat his brains out, but he won't stop. He just won't stop. I like to think that that little bulldog had a little bit of spirit in the little woman in Luke chapter 18. She wasn't going to stop until she got what she wanted. And when he looked out in the yard, that that bulldog was marking his territory kind of strutting and doing the, doing the flex and he never came back because he finally won the battle. I want, a, I want a little tenacity in this congregation because we're living in a society that wants to put a spirit on the church. The seven churches of Revelation had the spirit of the city in them and the Lord had to rebuke five out of seven of them. Here's what I want to preach. I want to tell you that we don't need the spirit of the world and the, and, and, and the, and the give up spirit of the world to come into the house of God. We need to be people that are strong and are mighty and do exploits for God. This is not a time to just be holding on. It's a time to get up every day and just keep knocking. I'm going to have my I'm going to have my moment. I'm going to have my time. I'm going to have my answer. I'm going to have what God has for me. I'm going to keep coming. 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 Oh, somebody help me preach right now. This is the word of God to this church. And finally, finally, that old judge got wore down. The little bulldog widow. He said, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because of this widow, (laughs) she's bothering me. I will see she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out. God, I love that. With her coming. 
<laughs> oh, I feel like going right now. One of my favorite coaches in all the world was Bum Phillips. I love Coach Bum. He was my buddy. I helped do his funeral. He was my buddy. Bum was just my buddy. One day we had him here speaking in our men's group, and and I, and I never, I never, I never forget. It's not what he said; it's how he said it. I said, Coach, he loved Q and A. He didn't like to just talk. He loved Q and A. So I was queuing up some questions. I was throwing him some softball questions. I said, Coach, let me ask you something. Your team. The Houston Oilers are favored to beat a team by maybe 14 points. You're, you're 13 and a half point favorite. And at halftime, you're down 14 points to that team. What do you tell your team? And the first thing that I noticed was how he looked at me. He did. <laughs> he did that. And then out of way down here, not a little squeak, out of way down here, he'd say, he said, I'd tell them, forget the first half. And go out there and kick some, you know what? <laughs> he said it, I didn't, amen. But I love that kind of tenacity. Here's what Jesus said at the end of that story. The Bible said, he said, will he find faith when he comes? Will the son of man find faith when he comes? So here's the point. The point is this, that Jesus used the parable of the widow to tell this congregation, number one, we're not a widow. Number two, we're not without. Number three, we are blessed by God. Number four, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Number five, we're not alone with fellowship around us like we have. But that widow showed us the power of continual coming because he wanted us to say to him, look, if I won't give up on you, I don't want any of you to be giving up on me. Because your prayer doesn't get answered when you think. Because your petition doesn't get answered when you think it ought to be answered. I'm still God. And I will show up, Martha. I'll show up, Mary. And I'll raise your son, your brother from the dead when I get good and ready. Because I am God. Can I tell you, God's for us. God's for us. God's for us. I remember back when I went through my situation when through my tragedy I, I, I'd, I'd go home at night and I'd say okay I made another day I made it I made it I made another day what do I do now God and God said do another one okay how do I do that same way you did this one okay okay so I got I got I got this little plan I got this little plan I, my plan was the first thing I do in the morning is I'd get up the second thing I'd do is make a plan the third thing I do is execute a plan. The fourth thing I do is complete the plan. And the fifth thing I do is go home and drink lemonade. But I made sure that I had a plan every day. And I made sure that God was included in my plans every day. I'm going to teach you how to not quit and how to persevere. You've got to get up every morning. And you've got to look at yourself and say, I am God's child. There's something got to come deep within you. You see, there's some people when they hear one little thing go wrong, they're just like a wilting fly. Oh my God, I guess I'm just going to have to call it a day. But there's some people that when they stand up, hell says, oh God, he got up again today. And when things come against them, they look back and say, is that all you got, big boy? <laughs> I walked over bigger than that getting to the fight one day. 
I'm preaching to somebody that you've got to learn how to get up in the morning. You've got to make a plan, execute a plan, complete a plan, and then have you eliminate. It's time for us to not have a quit factor. We need to have a never give up attitude in our life. Come on, clap your hands real big. Clap your hands real big. I was, I was preaching in the city one day in a small church. It wasn't a large church. And a little woman had been coming to that church for years. Jeremiah said 23. She had probably been coming by herself for 23 years without her husband. Let me tell you. I'm going to put this on the screen. Determination is one of the most priceless possessions any of us can have. You've got to have determination. So she had come to church. and So I was in revival. and I guess my revival, my preaching kind of said, it's time for me to quit church. Uh, she just, uh, she's tired of hearing me preach. She wanted to hear her pastor. She said, pastor, this will be my last Sunday. I'm going to be leaving. Told him the first service. So I'm going to be leaving. He said, why? I said, well, I said, I've come all my life by myself. My husband won't come with me. I'm just going to quit and go with him. Whatever he wants to do, I'm going to start doing. And the pastor said, please don't do that. Please, please don't leave. Don't, 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 don't walk out on the greatest thing you've ever had in your life. You're, you're going to bring your husband to church. Don't leave. She said, no, pastor, I, it, it's not working. It's just not working. I've done it a long time. It's not working. And so she went home. Didn't tell her husband. But the next Sunday, it was time to go to church, and her husband was up drinking his coffee, and he looked at his watch, and he realized his wife wasn't in there getting dressed. So he goes in there to where she is in the bedroom. He said, what, what, what are you doing? She said, well, I'm, I'm resting. What do you think I'm doing? He said, it's time for you to go to church. Don't you teach Sunday school? Don't you, don't you have a calling at the church? You're supposed to be there right now. She said, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. He said, why? She said, because I've done it all my life without you, and I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to go where you're going. We're just going to both go to hell. <laughs> and he said, you're going to church today. She said, I'm not going to church. He said, you're going to church today. And he said, if I have to get dressed and take you myself, you're going to church. So he goes in there and gets dressed. She's in the bathroom weeping her eyes out saying, my God, I had to quit to get him to come. <laughs> they come in the church, the pastor of the church. It's a small church. The church goes crazy. They go bonkers. My God, there he is. We've prayed over him. We've prayed about him for years and he showed up today. <laughs> he showed up today. And not only did he show up, he came to the front, gave his heart to the Lord, rose into the waters of baptism and everything was changed. Amen. You know, there's a, I got to hurry. There's, there's a beautiful passage. There's a beautiful passage in, in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 that I want to draw your attention to today. I've used it before here, but there, there's 28 things there that are mentioned. The Bible said to everything, everybody say everything. There's a season and a time and a purpose under heaven. And then there's 28 things listed there. A time to be born, a time to die. I can't quote them all. Time to plant, time to pluck up. Time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to cry, a time to, to rejoice. It's all in there. I got it. I, it's just, I'm just saying it. It's, it doesn't even stay that way. But there's 28 things there. But you know what I notice is not there a time to quit. There's never, <laughs> there's never a season. There's never a season when you just say, I tell you what, I've had it. I'm just going to quit. <laughs> Can't do that. 
Here's the reason why. A widow never quit. And she had nothing but her intestinal fortitude and a conscience that said, I'm going to go until I get what I need from that unjust judge. And we have blessings and we have favor and we have God and we have the church and we have a pastor that loves us and we have a God that loves us and we have a staff that loves us. And here I am preaching my heart out to you today and I'm telling you, get up on your feet in your spirit and say, I will not give up in my life. You can't. You just can't. You can't give up. You can't give up. Peter, no, he didn't call him Peter. He called him Simon. John 21, Simon had kind of backslid and went back to fishing. And Jesus come on shore and said, do you have any catch? He said, catch nets on the other side. And they didn't caught her drop. When they got to the shore, he had fish on the fire. And he talks to Pete a little bit. He said, Peter, you know what I'm going to pray for? I'm not going to pray that your worship will not be taken from you or your praise will not be taken from you. I'm going to pray that your faith don't fail. I'm going to pray that your get-up spirit, that your attitude about me never fails because I've never given up on you. I need you to return that to me and never give up on me. I need you to be in my corner. That's what I need. And one day when he was feeding 5,000 with loaves and fishes and he got to teach it and they all walked away except the disciples. He said, are you going to leave also? And they said, where are we going to go? Pete said, where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. Now I know a lot of people think Christians are just kind of goofy, you know. They think we're goofy. They think we're bigots right wing. And I understand that. It's okay. But they have never had the experience with God. And never have the joy of knowing that God stood up for me and took care of me. And I was, I was taken care of by him. And you know what? I'm not going to give up on the God that never gave up on me. I'm not going to stop loving the God that never stopped loving me. I'm not going to quit because God never quit on me. I've got to hold on. I've got to move forward. This is the last days. These perilous times are going to come. And we're seeing those perilous times. But there is a church that is predestined. And I'm a part of that church. And we're going to victory. Hallelujah. We're moving on in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I could preach another hour. I got to quit. When things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high, and you want to smile, but you have to sigh. When care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. There's a little sister over here named Diana that lost her son last month to a bicycle accident. We had his funeral on Tuesday. And memorial and my heart was drawn to her and she's in the house today this is for you miss diana life is queer with its twists and turns and every one of us is sometimes learns and many a fellow turns about when he might have won had he stuck it out don't give up though the pace seems slow you may succeed with another blow often the goal is nearer than it seems to a faint and faltering man often the struggler has given up when he might have captured the victor's cup and he learned too late when the night came down how close he was to the golden crown. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver tent and the clouds of doubt. And you never can tell how close you are. It might be near when it seems afar. 
So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things seems worse that you must not quit. You just have to go on. So I close, Randy, if you'll help me, I close. I, 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 uh, I, I remember a story in, in Luke 24 about some men that they were on the road to a, a place called Emmaus. And uh, they, were, they, were, they were troubled because the Messiah that they thought was Messiah had, had died and was buried. And they were saying, you know, what are we going to do now? Where's our hope? And all of a sudden, as they were walking along, a, a, another person appeared. <laughs> it's always funny. Even when you're in your doubts that something will show up to help your doubts turn to shouts. And Jesus appeared to them, and he started talking to them all the way back to Moses and all the stuff that had happened. And they, they constrained him. He was going to go on, but they constrained him to come to their house. And when he broke bread, their eyes were lightened, and they knew it was Jesus but the whole point of the message is this, folks. You know what day it was? It was the third day. It was the third day. Every Sunday in this church is the third day. It's resurrection day. It's resurrection from your pain. It's resurrection from your hurts. It's resurrection from your trials. It's resurrection. Every Sunday is resurrection Sunday in this house. Hallelujah. And here's what I want to tell you. You don't quit on God on resurrection day. You don't quit on God on the resurrection day. You resign. You don't resign. You resign with him. Because he is the God that can take you over to the other side. Hallelujah. Would you stand to your feet? You're awesome people and I love you very, very much. Thank you for letting me preach the gospel to you today. Let's give the Lord a hand clap for the word today. Amen. 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 I love you. I love you. God is so good. I want our prayer partners to come if they will. And I just, I just feel compelled to just ask some people, maybe if you just need a little charge in your get up spirit, a little charge in your don't give up spirit, and a little charge in never quit attitude. Just a little charge. Just say, you know what? You know what? I need I need some guidance. I need some help. I need, I need a touch from God. I need something in my life. Would you mind bowing your heads and closing your eyes? And if anybody in this building would raise your hand and say, Pastor, I could use a prayer today. Would you throw your hand in the air right now? Throw your hand in the air. I could use a prayer today. I really, really could. Is that all? Is that it? Is that all? All right. Put your hands down. Now, as fast as you put your hands up, get to this front right now. Come on. It doesn't mean you're not saved. It doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. It just means I need a shot. I need a shot of adrenaline in the spirit. I need something in my life today. I need a touch of God in my heart. Come on down to the prayer partners right now. Help us, ushers. Help us out, ushers, with these people in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And the rest of you, I want you to bow your heads and raise your hands and ask God to touch these people that are walking the aisle today in Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray with these people in the name of the Lord. Let's pray with them right now. God is a great God. He's a good God. He's an awesome God. There's no God like our God. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news 
to register for an upcoming event or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.